Bienvenue and welcome back, uh, fellow coffee book lovers. We will be continuing on today in Coffee, a Connoisseur's Companion by Claudia Rodin at the uh, near the bottom of page 84. Let's get started. The Drip Pot. In 1800, the Archbishop of Paris, Jean-Baptiste de Beloy, devised a pot which is still today the model for many a drip pot called Percolator in France. It was given the accolade by Briad Savarin. Many drip pots exist. Most are in three parts. The top receives the water, a bottom pot receives the coffee, and there's a coffee basket in between the two. Porcelain ones are the best and the most used, but there are also silver and aluminum ones. These have the disadvantage of allowing more heat loss, and aluminum leaves an aftertaste. However, unlike porcelain ones, they can be kept warm on a hot plate while the coffee drips. Method. Preheat the pot by scalding with hot water. Measure the necessary amount of medium ground coffee into the filter section, perforated chinaware or metal. Pour the required amount of fresh boiling water into the upper container, then cover. When all of the liquid has dripped through, remove the upper section and serve. Café filter, individual drips placed over a cup in French cafés, are often slow to run through and need some encouragement by applying pressure with the palm of the hand if they are to fill the cup before the coffee is cold. The Neapolitan Machinetta. This two-tiered pot, for years found only in aluminum, is also made in stainless steel. There are three parts. A cylinder base with a handle is the bottom part, another cylinder with an upside-down pouring spout screws on top, and a small coffee basket fits between them. Method Pour water in the base. Fill the strainer basket loosely with fine, ground coffee and place it over the base, then screw on the upper part. Put the pot to boil over a flame. When the steam comes out from a tiny hole in the lower part of the machinetta, turn it over so that it is upside down. The boiling water drips through the coffee into the part with a spout. When it has all gone through, it is ready to serve. The filter. In this form of the drip method, a cone-shaped paper filter bag removes all traces of the slightest sediment, resulting in a perfectly clear, flavorsome liquor. A fine grind which gives a maximum yield should be used. Pulverized coffee would clog the filter and stop the flow of liquor and a coarse grind would let the water run through too quickly and make for a weak brew. Individual filters are available for single cups, larger ones fit over jugs. Coffee correctly brewed in this way is unfailingly clear, fragrant and seductive, but the device must be hand properly handled. A variety of automatic coffee makers use this method. Method. Preheat the pot by scalding. Insert filter bag into dry filter. Measure fine ground coffee into filter. One measuring spoon, usually provided with the device, per cup. Moisten coffee with boiling water to cover and sh gently shake the filter so that no dry lumps remain. Allow to steep for half a minute, then top up the filter to the required level. You can keep the heat-proof jug warm during the filtering on a hot plate.
The Vacuum, or Glass Balloon. This was an international favorite for a long time because of its charismatic visual appeal. The glass container exhibits the changing colors of coffee developing, adding to the pleasantly sensuous ritual of making coffee at the table. Its reputation has, unfortunately, been somewhat tarnished by the many restaurants and hotels in the 60s and 70s that used the device to make coffee in advance and warm it up before serving. Robert Napier, a Scottish marine engineer, invented the first model in 1840, an extraordinary device with a magical-looking silver globe, a siphon, a strainer, and a mixing bowl. Method Pour the necessary amount of fresh, cold water into the lower bowl and place on heat. Place filter into upper funnel and add the measured quantity of medium-fine or fine coffee. Place over the lower bowl and twist to seal tightly. Place on heat and bring to the boil. When the water has risen into the funnel, stir the coffee and water mixer well. When it has ceased to rise, leave on the heat a further minute, then turn off. When all the coffee has filtered down into the lower bowl, remove the funnel and serve. The Pumping Percolator a device that made its appearance in 1825 and enjoyed a certain vogue through the 19th century is the one that finds the least favor today. A weak infusion liquor is boiled and recirculated by the pumping action of steam until a satisfactory degree of extraction has been reached. The continuous boiling produces a certain bitterness. The main advantage is that it requires less coffee since the water acts on it for a longer time. Although it is still used in the majority of American coffee-drinking homes, this method has become the target for the anger of the trade, who blame it for the declining sales of the last decade. Method Pour the required amount of fresh cold coffee into the percolator. When the water boils, remove the heat. Measure the required amount of medium ground coffee into the basket and insert the basket into the percolator. Cover return to the heat and allow to percolate gently for six to eight minutes. Remove the basket with the grounds and serve. Turkish coffee. The black mud sucked by the Levantines prevails throughout the Middle East up to Greece, North Africa, and the Balkans. As the Frenchman, Thievenot, already wrote in the 17th century, one must drink it hot, but in several installments, otherwise it is no good. One takes it in little swallows for fear of burning oneself in such fashion that in a cavacane or cafe, one hears a pleasant little musical sucking sound. He was talking of the Turkish version of Arab coffee, which was originated in the early 16th century, adding sugar and just bringing it to the boil three times instead of boiling for a long time. The Orientalist Richard Burton describes the use of ambergris and coffee in Love, War, and Fancy. The Agesta of the Whale, found in lumps weighing several pounds in the sea on the coast of Zanzibar, is sold at a high price being held a potent aphrodisiac. A small hollow is drilled in the bottom of the cup, and the coffee is poured upon the bit of ambergris it contains. When the oleaginous matter shows in dots amidst the kemach, or coffee cream, the bubbly froth which floats upon the surface, an expert coffee servant distributes it equally among the guests. 
I personally have not seen anyone flavoring with ambergris, whereas I have seen many using cardamom, cinnamon, nutmeg, and cloves. Cardamom is particularly popular, dropped into the pot while it is boiling. Some people open the pod, extract one seed, and use this alone in the coffee. Method. Make it an ibrik or kanaka, a smallish, long-handled metal pot made of tinned copper or brass. If one is not available, use a small saucepan. Ibriks come in various sizes. The numbers of coffee they make is often scratched on the underside. If you do not know, measure the capacity with small coffee cups. Beans should be roasted medium-high or continental and ground to a fine powder. For two coffees, two very heaped teaspoons of pulverized coffee, two very heaped teaspoons of sugar or to taste, two small coffee cups of water. Boil the water with the sugar in the e-break. Add the coffee, stir well, and return to the fire. When the coffee froths up to the rim, remove from the fire. Repeat twice again. Some let a drop of cold water precipitate the grounds. Others wrap the pot smartly. Others still let them settle by waiting. You might like to add spices. Try one at a time. Put them in the e-break to boil with the water. Try a cardamom pod, a couple of cloves, a small stick of cinnamon, or a pinch of freshly grated nutmeg. Serve as soon as the grounds have settled while still hot. Pour, or rather shake out a little froth for each cup. Some grounds will settle at the bottom of the cup. You are not supposed to eat them. As Dufour said, in the Levant, it is only the scum of the people who swallow the grounds. But you can make use of them. Some people, usually women, profess to be able to read fortunes in the trickle of the grounds in an upturned cup. Grounds also have medicinal value, properties which have been borne out in scientific research, deodorant, antiseptic, germicidal, and bac bactericidal. I am tempted to relate a scatological anecdote which illustrates the double virtue of spent grounds. A man went to see his doctor, complaining of hemorrhoids. The doctor advised him to drink coffee six or seven times a day, and each time to go and wash the painful parts and rub them well with the grounds left at the bottom of the cup. After a week of applying the cure assiduously, the patient returned to his doctor who asked him to remove his trousers and to bend down. Taking a close look and after due reflection, the doctor said with trepidation, I can see a tall young blonde coming into your life. And I will leave here in the middle of page 91. We'll continue again next morning. Thank you again for listening and have a great day.